Hello. Hello. Hi, friend. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well as well. (laughs) (laughs) This is our new normal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Can you believe this is episode 10 of Talkumentary Hour? I really can't. I know. This is like a monumental podcast. Yeah, we've come so far. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we're doing great. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this is just the beginning. And I was looking back at some of our podcasts and I was like, wow, like we've done a lot of different types of movies and it's been so fun so far. So I love it. And I am really excited and happy and want to celebrate that this is episode 10 of our documentary podcast. Amen. Amen to that, sister. Right. So, all right. Well, I guess we can just get started into today's episode. Let's do it. So, today's episode was, as we kind of discussed in our last episode, LA Originals, which is a documentary on Netflix. And it's all about the LA gangster graffiti tattoo lowrider Chicano lifestyle. Starring the two main guys, Mr. Cartoon, who's the graffiti tattoo artist, and Estevan, who is the photographer, music video director, like visual creator. So yeah, it kind of just documents their whole story of where they came from, how they started, and the scene that they were involved in through the 80s, 90s, up until today. So what did you think of it? I thought it was really cool, because I think it covered a lot of different aspects to their lifestyle you know Mm -hmm. like um and also it taught me things that I didn't know like obviously coming from like we both live in California and you know we've gone to LA a lot I didn't Mm -hmm. know that the LA hand the um like the finger sign I didn't know that he shot that right Esteban he he was like shooting a bunch of gang members and he close-upped on this girl who flashed the LA hand sign and I was like oh my gosh I did not know that he's been getting ripped off for like 20 years probably yeah I, mm-hmm. I so I thought that was really cool I thought it was cool that um you know it made me realize that in any large group of people there's culture you know mm-hmm. whether that's the way they all act the way they all dress um, you know, there's culture around comic book lovers, improv, mm-hmm. comedians, musicians, chefs, restaurant workers, LGBTQ life, writers. So I thought it was really cool that, you know, I, I just I don't know. I never I guess I never really thought about that. But it was cool to see their culture and how um, there were so many different aspects to it. Like it was not just tattoos and art. It was music and it was the gangster lifestyle. And I just I don't know. I thought it was really interesting how they tied everything together even like politics you know Mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool yeah it was really cool it's amazing how many people they were involved with and how how popular they became because I guess like in the 80s you know they were just like into the hip-hop scene and they were like graffiti and like just you know basically just doing their own little thing like in their own neighborhood and really into like break dancing and all that kind of stuff. And then slowly they were, you know, going to clubs where like smaller hip hop artists would be. And then they started kind of 
getting to know them. Like Cypress Hill one is, was one of their biggest first clients, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Like, I didn't know that. And I know a few Cypress Hill songs, but, like, I'm not a huge, huge fan of them. But, like, the songs that they have are really cool. Like, yeah. the ones that are that really, like, pop, you're like, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah, that was really cool to see just, like, their their journey from working with Cypress Hill and then all of the different people that they met along the way. There were so many names. It was, like, crazy it was like they w- started working with Exhibit. They started working with 50 Cent. They started working with Eminem, Snoop Dogg. Like everybody in the hip hop industry was working with Mr. Cartoon and Esteban, whether that was like photography or music videos or tattoos, like in the back of their uh, stages. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And I think that everybody, everybody, like they were, they became so big because they really were original. Like they were not Mm -hmm. trying to be something that they weren't, you know, they, they were, um, they were like always themselves and they were nice to everybody. Yeah. You know, they really were. It showed a lot how like uh, Esteban knew who every homeless person was. He's like, Oh yeah, that's pepper. Hey pepper. How you doing? That's this guy. That's that Mm -hmm. guy. I mean, he really, they never changed even like their style, the way that they dress, they never changed. And it was cool to see like, it come full circle when um, Mr. Cartoon was talking about Cortez shoes mm-hmm. and how he was like, you know, you know, we wore Cortez shoes and you would look at someone that wore them and then you'd go, oh man, that guy's probably like a gangster. So you kind of got to steer clear from him. He goes like, you know, we, we grew up in LA where everybody wore, uh, it was some, I forget what it was. It was some style of Adidas though. And then it was Cortez shoes and then white tees. You know, mm-hmm. and like you look at them and they still wear all of those clothes, mm-hmm. you know, like the khakis. Never, yeah, yeah. The khakis. So it was cool how they like broke it down to the exact lifestyle that they lived. And, you know, even though they were huge, making probably a ton of money, they still were right next to Skid Row, helping out their community and talking to people and dressing the way that they've always dressed and talking the way they spoke. And, you know, I just thought that was really cool. And that probably played into why people liked them so much. They weren't trying to offer something else. It was like, this is who we are. And people like them for that. That is so true. And such a good point. I think that everybody kind of also needs to hear and needs to know is like, whoever you are, whatever your expression is like you don't need to change you don't need to be different than who you are like if that's who you are just be that because people appreciate that authenticity and that realness and that's what probably yeah why they became so popular and also yeah I loved how they they literally treat everybody the same they treat a homeless drug addict in Skid Row the same way they're treating you know the dignitaries and the presidents that they're meeting and the celebrities that they're meeting they treat everybody with respect and kindness yeah, and it's it's crazy because they accepted people the way that they came to them. You know, like that one guy who was in a gang and um, mm-hmm. he would call Esteban, Esteban and say, hey, um, you know, I'm really high right now. And I'm about to get even higher. So if you want to come and record me, you totally can. <laughs> and Esteban was a recovering drug addict. So, right. he, I mean, he went over there and he was like, well, this is who he is and I'm just going to shoot it. And 
and it was really hard to watch like I don't want to watch people do heroin you know but Mm -hmm. he sort of was just there he was just documenting anything that he could and he accepted the people in the gangs and when he was talking about all the friends that he had lost Mm -hmm. he was like you know what I'm not even mad like they died doing what they loved you know like right they didn't if they wanted to be gang members like they were and they liked doing it so they did it you know and then they died and it's really sad and they were my friends and I mean Mm -hmm. even the homeless people they never tried to change anybody they just accepted who they were and wanted to document like the most authentic people as they came and I thought it was interesting how when the when the gang member uh, who's sober now was talking about tattoos he was like you know it used to be really cool and it used to be like that's how you know we were the outcasts and that's why we had tattoos because we couldn't go places if we had them and that's who we were and now you see soccer moms getting tattoos (laughs) and he's like I might cover up all my tattoos now because that's crazy (laughs) you know I thought that was like super interesting yeah that's true and like a lot of people have tattoos now like you see it on the red carpet that's what they were saying too it's like nobody ever really took like the the subcultures of like gangster and like really infiltrated like the red carpet or celebrity lifestyle but now you see so many artists rappers nba players they're all covered in tattoos you know post malone's got tattoos all over his face so do a lot of other hip-hop stars so like it's just changed so much since when they were younger yeah and you see like models yeah you know like Haley. Haley, what's just yeah she has um i mean like literally now it's like i mean my little sister has one she's like this little white girl that lives in <laughs> what did she you get know? um oh my gosh if my mom ever found out she would die it's a um, secret she has like a, a one on her hip she has one in, in her mouth and it's like this little thing now it's like now it's cool to have them for like these white people or people that are like middle class when you know in reality it's like not I don't know I feel like people that had them 10 years ago would now say oh man it's like not even cool anymore or now there's even a subculture of tattoo tattooing you know which is like right. there's the gangsters that have them and then there's like these musicians like punk rock musicians that have them there's rappers that have them there's NBA players there's like you know silly little white girls who are in Instagram that have them you know so it's like now there's a subculture to the culture right yeah Yeah. and so many people like the trend now is like everybody has little tattoos everywhere well at least a lot of the girls do it's like a little tattoo here a little tattoo here a little tattoo here a little tattoo here so they don't look like obvious you have a whole sleeve of tattoos but you've got a good amount spread across your body and they're just really small yeah which I've contemplated doing but I'm oh my gosh I'm I'm gonna get a ton of them (laughs) (laughs) I uh I don't know. I don't have any tattoos. So I'm like a little bit I would get one, but I just don't know what I would get. You know, I used to I used to actually really want a tattoo that had that gangster like um font, you know, that writing, that script I that he exactly does. I know exactly what you're going to say and I I'm, I'm waiting for you to say it. Really? Did I tell you this before? Well, we had talked about this cuz we both love Ice Cube, the rapper. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you exactly. wanted to get today was like one of those fly dreams. Yes, you remember. <laughs> like, wow, you have a great I was like, memory. Oh my gosh, that's such a good tattoo because we both love Ice Cube so much. Yeah. 
so that was one idea I had and I've always kind of just liked it because it's a positive message and it's just really fun. And then also because it's ice cube, I wanted to reference that gangster script just cause it's cool. Mm-hmm. And like my family, you know, we're Mexican American, we're Chicano. My family didn't have so much of that low rider gangster um, culture around it because a lot of my mom's family kind of, moved away from it when her mom died like they kind of just moved out of that scene although some of her sisters did stay there some of them became drug addicts some of them you know Mm. didn't do well but for the most part my mom I think tried to keep us like not really in that scene because she didn't want us to have like those kinds of problems um, that were also rampant in that community whether that be drugs murder you know getting pregnant at a young age like just Mm. that kind of stuff so anyway, um, yeah, so I didn't really have a lot of that culture growing up, but I appreciate it so much. And I really did grow up listening to a lot of the, the music of hip hop and also like um, the lowrider Motown music. I love and I just like pretend I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, who knows? Maybe one day I'll get that tattoo. Just we should both know. get it. That'd be so cool. It'd be like a friendship <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> I'm, but I envision it kind of big and I'm like kind of scared to go that big yeah that's tough for a first tattoo yeah yeah so but yeah I thought the tattoo was re- or the tattoo mm-hmm. I thought the the documentary was really really interesting because um like we were talking about before like how original they were and they like stayed true to themselves like it even up to the point where like he was a little kid uh, Mr. Cartoon and his dad was like, you know, do um, it kind of showed the progression of their lives. And and for Mr. Cartoon, his dad was like, you need to do uh, like Kung Fu or karate. And it oh, that ta- was it's, so it's cool. Like he took, it was. And he took everything um, in his life and he sort of like just kept growing and he never was really a bad guy or like at mm-hmm. least it didn't say he got into bad things. He just always did things that he was interested in. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool because. I'm sure growing up in L.A. when you're around a lot of uh, other people of that culture, like to say, oh, yeah, I I like to draw. I'm sure that wasn't like the most masculine thing. And I wonder if he got picked on or I wonder, Mm -hmm. you know, if they were like, really, you're doing karate? Like, that's weird. You know, but he still did it. And he got really good at like everything that he was interested in. And I thought that was really cool, you know, and it went on their theme of like, doing things that interest you even if other people don't think it's cool like you're still gonna do it because that's what you like and I don't know right. I thought that was really cool to see like the evolution of all of his passions turning into like this one big thing filled with a bunch of little things if that makes sense yeah again staying true to his authenticity like yeah. he likes to draw he likes art Stefan likes photography like that's authentic to who they are and they're going to go in that direction and they're going to do it and people are obviously seeing how cool it is wow that's really cool oh my gosh that picture looks great wow that art is amazing and it's just them being authentic following what they love and yeah I loved how he his dad like encouraged him to uh, do the martial arts and that he took that with him the whole ebb and flow of like energy and like letting things happen and like working with like the way I can't remember the way he put it but something about like the he learned about the flow of life yeah that's what he said yeah and so he carried that with him ever since he was young knowing the flow of life 
that he learned in martial arts, which I was like, wow, that's hugely valuable to know as a kid and to carry with you. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And it was like at the, I think it was like during the middle to the end of the documentary, it was really sad to see things changing for Estevan, you know, things, um, you know, with the progression of like technology and the fall of um, the economy. Yeah, the economy, but also like the fall of like specific things like newspapers or magazines that he would he would mm, send things mm-hmm. to. Like it just became much harder for him to get people to look at his stuff, you know, and like I mean, even someone like me, like obviously I know the L.A. hands you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that originated from him, mm-hmm. you know, so it was hard to see, you know, he, him kept, he kept getting like ripped off. And then also like, as things were changing, like Instagram, now everybody that has a phone with the camera on it can be like iconic or can be, you mm-hmm. know, like, it's hard to get your stuff in front of a lot of eyes, especially when you don't want to use Instagram and you don't want to use hashtags and you, you know, he wants mm-hmm. to still use film and he wants to, you know, he, he can't get in front of magazines anymore because there's not a lot of magazines. And then you see the juxtaposition of of uh, cartoon still doing so well because tattooing is really cool still, you mm-hmm. know. So it was like it was really sad to see everything changing like and being gentrified even like the bridge is going to become like condos. And mm-hmm. he's, he was saying like there's going to be coffee shops here and juice bars and it's just changing. It's changing. And so like will they have to adapt with that or will they just lose their culture? You know, because that, right. that was their area and now it's not going to be. So it was just, it was kind of sad to see all that stuff changing for them or for him at least. Right. Cause he wasn't really changing with the times. Like uh, the gentrification is happening all over, all over the world, you know, yeah. and it's something that we can't really stop. It's happening. And it just is what it is. And he seems a little bit resistant to it. And also just seems like he doesn't understand like how to move with the technology now. Like Mr. Cartoon is like, oh, I'm I'm still like, I, lo- I know Photoshop. I know like, I know how to use all of these new technologies uh-huh. um, and use my art through them. And he's moving with the times, which is going to keep him successful. But if, he, if uh, Esteban doesn't see that he needs to, adapt a little bit to the changes that are happening then he he can't succeed you know yeah and it's like he's trying to find where he fits in the changes Mm -hmm. because people still like content and they still like photos but now you just do it on a different scale and a different platform like so it's weird to try and like find a way to monetize his craft when the ways that he used to do it don't work really anymore or aren't worth as much money you know like now people are just putting stuff online for free, you know? So it is it is kind of weird for him to, like, find his place, you know, amongst all of the the changes. You know, I, I just felt so bad for him again when, when he was talking about the gentrification. It made me remember, was it with, I think it was you and I, when we went to Portland mm-hmm. and we got in that Uber and he was like, where are you guys from? And we said, oh, we're from California. And was that me and you? And he was kind of talking about how shitty it was that like everybody from California is now moving to Portland and how things are changing for them. Like he he was talking about like first the artists uh, or when you come when you come to a specific area, it's poor. And there are artists that are 
poor and that uh, have art shows that become really cool and then other people start moving in and then that neighborhood becomes cool and they have cool restaurants that start coming in because the art is there and then all these people that are hipsters that are rich want to live where it's cool Mm -hmm. so then they come in and then it spikes the price and then the people that started that are now kicked out and now they have to go find a new cool place to live and I I never forgot that when the guy was telling maybe it wasn't me and you maybe it was me and someone else when I was in Portland but I'll never forget that Uber driver telling me that because I was like oh man and that's kind of how I feel for Esteban or Esteban Mm -hmm. you know just felt sad for him yeah I don't know maybe it sounds familiar but I don't know for sure if that was with me I thought it was you because we were both yeah I remember there was a guy talking about like the life in Portland yeah yeah so I think how things are changing yeah and and how things were changing and he was sort of like oh you're from California oh (laughs) like he was almost mad and we're we like we're just on vacation we're not moving here no no no, we don't want to live here we just you know we like it yeah. yeah, but that's true. That's exactly what's happening in downtown Santa Ana as well. It like, hung- I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, like it's such a cool artistic spot located in downtown Santa Ana, which is has a little bit of that gangster. It has the LA, grittiness to it. Yeah, grittiness. Um, but now all of these, because there's a lot of really cool art there, there's like all these little shops popping up and restaurants and you know, and now there's like these eateries that are that are becoming really popular. Where um, uh, they're very not corporate. Just, yeah, it's not just Fourth Street Market that is be- like becoming a little bit more corporate. It's like actual buildings that house. Um, I forget what what they call it, but um, it's like now there's that arcade bar, which is actually really cool. It's fun mm-hmm. to hang out in. And then there's like eateries around that arcade bar, so you like walk mm-hmm. in, and it's like a bunch of different places that are like coexisting in this packing house mm-hmm. and it's becoming really really cool and then you know I, I still feel like there is still the grittiness to to, to, to the downtown LA area but it's mm-hmm. becoming I think something different now mm-hmm. you know or it's about to be right so where do those people go well I don't know I think it's like not the I don't think it's happened yet but I do think like you're seeing a lot more high-end like once the restaurants become more high-end then Mm -hmm. like the the street vendors that were really good like there's a tamale lady that's over there and she's so good and she works out of a little cart and she doesn't just work there but there's bars there so people are out later so she does her thing there and then she probably leaves and and now that there's like higher end food restaurants or um there's like that bar um shoot I'm, i'm forgetting all the names but there's that bar that's um, like their cocktails are like $15 and they're shit. They're not even good anymore. Like it's not cool. But like my, my parents go there now to that Is it area. playground. No, it's not playground. It's Is oh, it that know, library it one. Maybe it is playground. And it has those like really pretty pink chairs. I don't know. I've never been to playground. I forget what it's called, but it's some, it's some cool. Oh, name. Oh, with the pink chairs? Is it yeah. vacation? It's Yeah, that's what it is. Vacation. Your parents park. go there? But they have gone there before, yes. <laughs> I that's know. hilarious. So it's like you're getting like old white people that are going there. That's so true. And they're making it kind of like harder because like the people that used to go to the tamale lady, now we're going to go to that cool bar, you know? And so now the tamale lady's not going to get any business. So it is going to change. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like it's sad stuff like that where like, 
it's just going to lose a little bit of its culture, you know? And at first it starts out being like, oh, hey, this is really cool. And I, I, I checked out this really cool place. And it's like us accepting their cult or us being like invited into their culture mm-hmm. now is being like us changing their culture. And taking that's over. That. Yeah, taking over. Yep. So true. So I'm worried for downtown Santa Ana. I know. I think it is definitely changing, but also like culture changes, you know, over time. So culture does, I mean, some cultures, right, will stand the test of time. Very ancient cultures are still strong today. um, But a lot of culture adapts and changes with the time. So it's kind of, yeah, that like ebb and flow of like keeping, keeping the, the parts that are super important in the culture, but also being able to adapt to the future and what's, what's going on now. Yeah. Yeah. Culture is something that's very, very interesting. Fascinating. It's so fascinating. And that's what I, I mean, we had already talked about this earlier, but that's what I really took out of this documentary was like Mm -hmm. culture and how important it is to, to your community to your identity even you know totally yeah and and it's something that everybody has you Mm -hmm. know and so it's really interesting to see like um you know I'm I'm not familiar with the culture that we just watched with Mm -hmm. the Chicano art and with tattoos and low riders and I I wasn't Mm -hmm. familiar with that culture because that's not the culture that I come from Mm -hmm. so it was it was interesting to to like finally realize or you know realize that like every there's culture to everything you know Mm -hmm. and I don't know it was just interesting that's what I took from the documentary that's great yeah I loved I mean it was just interesting also to see how like the Japanese and Asian culture were copying the gangster lowrider culture like they just identified with that in some way like it resonated with them and they just liked it and they started doing that too so (laughs) and you know what and sometimes I find myself too like really liking and appreciate something from another culture and I'm like I want to infuse that into my life you know but I don't know, like you said, culture can also be part of your identity. So I'm just creating my own identity based on the different <laughs> cultures that I like, I guess, you know, well, I don't, I think there's a difference between like embracing someone else's culture and like, I mean, like incorporating it into your life where like, you know, let's say you like this specific bright colors and designs and patterns from this one culture. And then you have like, you know, a, a bag from that or a backpack or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or um or like liking someone's food you know and then making that so there's a difference between that and then like cultural appropriation and where you like steal people's culture I think that's the bad part you know see but there's like a fine line between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation because what if somebody is just really appreciating it and they like it so much but it's offensive to somebody who sees them as like ripping them off and just taking from them you know right and I think the difference is like is the paying the respects and like always saying like oh this is where this originates from you know you have to like pay the homage to the person or the culture that you're appreciating otherwise it is the appropriation it's like you're saying like this is my own you know right like Kim Kardashian when she created her skims line her like you know a shapewear line she was gonna call it kimono because her name's Kim, and oh, I, she was just God. taking the name kimono, <laughs> and people were like, that's not even a kimono, you're creating shapewear, 
and you're just taking our name. Like a kimono is not shapewear. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. So she changed the name to Skims because they were having a really, like a lot of people were speaking out against her taking that name, mm-hmm. which I could see. Like, that's true. 100%. Like, that's not really, that doesn't really relate. And you're like misidentifying. You're misidentifying something. something as a kimono when it's really not. Yeah. Just because so. you like that it has your name in it. Exactly. So <laughs> I think so that dumb. kind of stuff, yes, is definitely like cultural appropriation. But I can see appreciation. Like I would, I love kimonos. Like I would like to own one and like wear it around mm-hmm. and just like feel that energy of like the Japanese culture, you know? Yeah. So who knows? It's, it's hard to say. It is, but that's an interesting thing that we brought up, like cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a big difference. Well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you're, you're right. There is a very yeah, there's fine a, line. There's a you're fine right. line, definitely, that, that once you cross it, it's like, okay, that's not appreciation. That's just straight up taking it. <laughs> right, and it's almost like you, you have to like leave that up to people. Like Sometimes people are just ignorant. Like I'm sure... Kim Kardashian is just ignorant, you right. know? Right. She's just yeah. thinking of herself. Right. And like money, you know, like, oh, this right. is like really Cute. cool. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's cutesy. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So, so overall, interesting. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool uh, I documentary. It. I really did. I loved it so much. Yeah. I think anybody who appreciates art would appreciate this documentary. I agree. Yeah. So highly recommend. It was very inspiring. I also loved at the end when they brought up all the different artists that are kind of come that also kind of came out of this graffiti art uh, culture, which is like Banksy and mm-hmm. the Obey brand. That guy, I think his name is like Shep Ferry or something. Mm. And um, I love those artists too. And like that inspires me because I love art and like I want to do more art in my life. So watching this documentary helps me remember that. And today I'm going to make art. Good for you. See how documentaries can change lives. They, <laughs> they can really change can. lives. They can change lives. Yes. Okay. So um, you loved it. I loved, loved it. it. I think watched the, it on Netflix. The message is stay true to your culture. Stay true to who you are. Be authentic to who you are in every mm-hmm. moment that you can be. Yes, you can appreciate different cultures and you know use what they have given to the world but also be authentic to who you are and that's it that's all yeah so for next week Mm -hmm. um i have a documentary that i would like to watch it is called bombshell colon the hetty lamar story Hedy Lamar. Okay. Yes. So she was like a bomb show. Hence the name. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, back in like old Hollywood. And so this is um, a documentary about how um, she was like kind of an underappreciated genius. I don't want to give too much away, especially because I don't know the exact details, but I'm pretty sure she was like an inventor of specific things and other people were taking credit for her for it so she was like more than a gorgeous face wow Um, yeah but she was only recognized for being like this super hot um stunning woman and Mm -hmm. i think she was an actress or a she was either an actress or a 
or a model. I don't remember. So anyway, that's the story or that's the documentary that we're going to watch. Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story. I don't know where you find it. I, it might be Amazon. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's the one that we're going to do next week. Yay. Cannot wait to watch it. That sounds really good. In fact, I think I've seen the little like uh, thumbnail for this movie on something, whether that was Amazon Prime or um, something. And I was like, oh, what's that? Because it's oh, cool. I love black and white. Like, I like that old Hollywood life as well. <laughs> I do too. It's so like just magical and whimsical. So this will be really good. And I'm excited to watch it. Okay, cool. Do you feel good Yay. about this documentary? Absolutely. I feel or good. About this podcast? Totally. I Me loved too. it. I think it was very enlightening. Um, I think we covered a lot. We totally covered a lot. So anybody who's out there, go watch it. It's called LA Originals on Netflix. And next week, we will be talking about Bombshell, the Hedy right. Lamar story. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay home. <laughs> that should be the ending until the quarantine is over. <laughs> stay safe. Stay sane. Stay home. Yes. All right. Until next time. Bye. Love you. Bye.